None of you are pen into the microphone and kicking it with your hoof. Really? Come on. How about the old days when we didn't care about this shit? Just threw that twin deck up. Yeah. Rough and ready. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Hello, good evening and welcome. It's yes. the Friday Rock Show. Shall I'm Adrian Byrne and this is Tony Wilson, my disabled assistant. What? On tonight's show we have music from Last in Line, Monster Truck, King, King Gizzard, Gizzard, Rob Zombie, yes. Prong, Gordic Union, Man on a Mission, Man Wolf Butter, Weezer and Greenleaf. Gremlins. We will have the usual letters, Gabler Sci-Fi Spot, and much, much more. So stay tuned, headbangers. Me and Tony are just pumped to be here. Oh, Jesus, yeah. And it's start Shane and Shooter tonight. Royal Republic. Over the top. Do you want to rock? <laughs> What's this? Do you want to get rock? <laughs> Oh, 
my massive opener on the Friday Rock Show. It's Royal Republic, all the way from Malmo, with a song after our own heartlessness. Yes. People say that I'm over the top. You are over the uh, top. Yeah, I squirt wherever I want. <laughs> Scandy rocking at its finest. From Bjorn, Benny, Bennyson and Bjornson. Yes. From their fourthest album from Ooh. this year, yeah. Weekend Man. Weekend Man. Well, you're listening to the only Weekend Man you'll ever need. That's us. Me and Tony. Yeah, him and me. And that's not the Weekend Men either. No. As in Weekend without strength like. <laughs> right? Masturbation! Okay, Tonio, faithful producer. What's Jeez, up next? Jeez, I'm now, am I? Tonio, you Adriano! Yes, Adriano. De Berno with the Friday Rock Show. Yes. <laughs> this is actually the intro bed that we should have been playing. <laughs> Professionals! Here we are again on another weekend. Friday's here. It's Friday night. coming. For once, as you say, we're not live from anywhere. We're here in the studio. No, we decided to take it a bit easy. You know, we're, we're advancing as we go through life. And we just thought we'd have a little bit just of a... Just behave anymore. The zippers on and the cigars out and the whiskey's just in the corner there. The body's failing. We can't stand all night <laughs> in this place. Just see him trying to put the foam on the mixing desk there. He literally tore a hole in the bean bag. <laughs> I did. I think I've uh, ripped me glutus. <laughs> so you extended that break. Oh, no, that's it was your, you earlier. That's your glutus, Maximus. Oh, uh, I me sweeter. <laughs> It's the swinging 60s, we're heading down Carnaby Street. Tony's here with me in his mini skirt, and we're going to shop for a Mini Cooper. Improvisation noise. Hey, look, is that the Beatles Players album? Fab. Close the crack, we've got any letters? No, it's a new phone for the rock show. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing, I have to say, fair play to Tony, he's, he's been out there, he's been listening to uh, lots of European radio stations and he's discovered the cream of the crop out there. Yes, metal is still alive. It is? Just not on uh, Today FM or anything like that. Just not here. We just have to listen to, to sincere R&B singers. And high octave wobbling bitches. Yeah. That's it, sound like a fucking pheasant being strangled. They all sound like Cylons to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the two lads' names. Starbuck. Battlestar Galactica. And Apollo. Apollo! Starbuck was a woman. And we'll come back to that later because Gabler happens to mention this the womanisation of stuff in the Gabler sci-fi spot. Coming up later in the second half hour of the show. It could be coming up in the next 10 minutes because we've nothing else to do. Straight to do. Now you're having me on Tony just letters isn't there? There is! Why would you think we'd have a Friday Rock Show without the letters and the listeners and the listeners' uh, letters? You tell You tell messes. Fun tidings, Rock Show. Orpheus tells here, Adrian. As you know, I'm a man of science and I must report my new findings. I was on the metro returning late from a rousing rendition of Verdi's La Triviasta at the National. That's not how, you're not a man for the opera, are you, Adrian? No, you haven't been to the opera. Stop opera. Stop opera. Yeah, yeah. You never know. Watching these standards. I was on the metro returning late from a rousing rendition of Verdi's La Traviata at the National. Unfortunately, I had all too routinely succumbed to a skinful of hard liquor with my chums and was wobbling profusely as the carriage trundled along. You're going to fix up your dentures there. <laughs> it's only the first letter, but like, come on, get the fish in it. I saw through my weary eyes a young dainty damsel reading a Kindle and standing next to the alighting area. Mm. Suddenly, at the subsequent <coughs> stop, all manner of craven beasts jumped up, ah. roaring questionable epithets and swinging simian-like from the bars. As they do, them killing these We all these looked days. on as these men began to slowly prowl around the young lady in the short skirt. Mm. She looked, smiled politely, and retook her gaze upon her kindle. Oh, yeah. It was only a minute between stops, but the bodies began to crowd in on her, jostling for position. The wagon wavered. <laughs> that's not her now. That's the carriage. Tighter and tighter, fingers flailing, cloth was rising until we tore into the station, and her underwear was gone in 60 seconds 
She screamed as the doors flung open and ran away. I was outraged. I nearly got sick. I just never knew social interaction had gotten so streamlined. The speed of their actions. It was like watching a group of orca whales ambush a seal on a floating sheet of ice. <laughs> All the passengers post-mortem surmised that she shouldn't have smiled at the group when they first started swinging on the bars. They made it feel like it was her fault. My head was full of nimbus cumulus as I staggered <laughs> home with resolute on the next day's actions. After breakfast, I dusted my biggest greyest trench coat, grabbed my old college briefcase and hit the underground. I really wanted to take a cold clinical eye to these female subway commuters being sexually assaulted. The first one of note wasn't all that revelatory. Being glad to have found a seat amidst a full carriage after a stressful day at work, she took off her coat and acknowledged the people sitting around her with a smile. She was listening to music and reading a book in English for a while when she seemed to feel that the man sitting diagonally opposite her was looking over intensely. Oh, hey, what happens? He was in his 50s. He was. Well, it was me. You! It was. Obvious! <laughs> Although she was wearing a buttoned-up shirt, showing no cleavage whatsoever, she loosely wrapped her scarf around her neck. She felt the eyes on her! Covering her quite ample chest. Oh. She kept reading and, well, I kept staring. At the next stop, a lot of people got out and even more came in. In between this, I took initiative and quickly beetled over and took the newly empty seat beside her. Oh, yeah. Only inches away. Stale piss and bad fucking aftertaste. I started grinning at her. She felt very uncomfortable, her eyes glued to the page. One stop before hers, <laughs> she had to get her coat on again and got up to make her way through the packed carriage. I stayed seated and smiled. The train emptied on the third to last stop. Where I left was just me and another passenger at the other end facing towards me. I walked up to her at the end of the compartment, sat on the opposite side and started to masturbate, looking at her the entire time. Orpheus, what are you like? She froze. She didn't react how I thought she would. She couldn't move. She was terrified, yet seemed convinced other passengers through the window in the next wagon could see what was happening. But no one did anything. <sighs> Ultimately, I thought this course of action was a mistake, as the carriage was far too empty. I jumped off to the next stop. Nevertheless, great research. This t- <laughs> the train entered the terminus. The driver switched ends, and we were off with a whole plethora of stops to yield more science. Agent said a big word. It took a while for carriages to fill up, and I must admit, I did doze off. I woke up to a stuffed carriage. Right beside me stood a girl cramped in the doorway. I stood up as if I was looking at the stations and began my controlled experiment. She thought somebody's bag was brushing against her bum, so shifted her body to a different angle. I did it again, only this time it felt less like a bag and more like I was really caressing her. She was young and innocent and turned around expecting to see lots of shopping bags. Instead, she saw my shaking hand as I stood behind her. She felt shocked and confused and stood there for a moment, maybe thinking I'd probably done it by accident. We were packed like sardines and her whole body was millimetres from mine when I did it for the third time. She immediately pushed her way through several people and stood on the opposite side of the doorway and glared at me. I did feel ever so slightly uncomfortable but mainly sad and disappointed. Unfortunately, things then started to unravel. Literally too, as I turned my attention to a lady on the other side of the doorway. As I began to masturbate close behind a young second woman. The first, oh, young ones. Yeah. She was the second one, young one. The first shouted loudly, Hey, I know what you're doing, and I'm calling the police. <gasps> oh, I lit up like a beacon and immediately moved to the next train doorway, trying to get her. away from her. But she followed and got out her phone. I begged for the doors to open as we got into the station. I burst through and beetled down the platform. <laughs> Go on! She started to chase me. I ran in a loop and got back on the same train. <laughs> Fortunately, the doors closed seconds before she could get back on. Or she tried to warn other passengers through the window. And then I believe she did call the police. Luckily, no one on the carriage took any notice. Huh? I squeezed into a corner coupe with three more. Dabbed down my sweating brow and scanned the scene. No one took any notice of them? <laughs> At the window was a young lady asleep with her bag on her lap. 
the handle wrapped around her wrist. So slowly, I placed my briefcase upon my lap, at which point the train lurched, waking her up with a jolt. She realised that there was a hand on her vanilla stomach, hidden to the other passengers by her bag. It was mine. She jumped in shock and my hand slid away, and I was staring straight ahead as if nothing had happened. She decided she had imagined it, but sat up straighter and kept an eye on me out of the corner of her eye. She watched me, as well hidden by my suitcase, I slowly reached my hand down to my side and gently stroked her thigh with my little finger, then several fingers, then my whole hand. The first time I did it, she made an exaggerated yawning gesture and pushed me away. (laughs) This was truly revelatory data. The second time, she turned to stare at me. The third time, she began to look like she was really frightened for her safety and possibly started to imagine everyone in the packed carriage was aware of what I was doing and we were all part of a scheme. At this point... So can that in the bus with you when you were going across Europe? When that happened? Remember that time you told me they felt you up when you were asleep? Ah, uh, yeah. Lazy yeah. lads. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Off air. <laughs> At this point, she turned her full body towards me and in a voice which I deduced was meant to carry but which actually came out as a slight whisper, she said, Could you please stop touching me? I moved my hand and nodded. I got what I'd come here to witness. I bid her a fantastic day, thanked her for her participation, beetled off the train at the next station. As I looked at her in through the window as the train departed, she began to cry. I sighed, then flung my briefcase flying and fist-pumped the air. Oh my, what a wonderful, wonderful day of science. Maybe I should collect more tomorrow. Pleasant greetings all. Orpheus Telch, man of science. These are my findings. Some finals, all right, Orpheus. Well, Thanks very much for I'll give in. you my opinion on this. I think he is putting himself out there as a man of science when he's a, a pervert. He's using the science as an excuse to go around touching up girls on the train. Really? <laughs> but anyway, we're anxious to hear what you think of that. So tweet us here, hashtag FRS, send us a text, maybe even give us a call here in the studio. You might even get on air. Probably not because we haven't got the phone hooked up. <laughs> I still haven't figured out now after 29 years. Ah, God bless him. And especially for Orpheus. Yes, what's, what are we going to play for him? when he was queuing up for the train, he was last in line. Yes, he was last in line. I am revolution.
Yeah, Martian Classic. The Dio's dead. 2016. Long live the Dio. After Ronnie went the way of the Wizards a few fantasies ago, the remaining members whipped out each other's devil horns and decided to continue in memory of the mighty metal midget. Last in line was calved from the cloven hooves of Vinnie Apice and Vivian Campbell. I am Revolution from their debut release, Heavy Crown. That's a heavy crown indeed. When you've been down too long in the midnight sea, oh, it's been coming on me. No, no, no. Let's keep the momentum going. Here we go. This one is coming in from. Who's this from, Adrian? Pastor Badpaw. Pastor Badpaw! Good day, Friday Rock Show. I am here to bring a serious topic to your attention. But before I begin, if you have any children listening to the Friday Rock Show, they need to turn off their radio now, please. Because there is a sickness spreading, and it is time to eradicate it. Homosexuality. It is my responsibility to make sure this crime against normality is not legal in this country. Judas Priest! But of course, to defeat your enemy, you must understand it first. So I have taken time to investigate the practice firsthand. This is more scientific study! To do this, I have been watching homosexuals in the privacy of their own bedroom. I have watched very closely, and the first thing they do is smell each other and touch each other's genitals. One of the things they do is called <laughs> anal licking. I'm sick. Where a man's anus is licked. It's like an ice cream. Yes, they lick the boom boom down. Oh. Is that what Shaggy was thinking about them years ago? And then what happens is poo poo. Even poo poo comes out. Then they eat the poo poo. They are beasts. Eating the poo poo like chocolate mousse and smearing it all over their faces. It does not stop either. One night, I observed another sex practice they have called feasting. Anal feasting. This is where they insert the feast into the other man's anus all the way. And it is so painful, they have to take drugs. Oh, and they put the hand deeper. Deeper. These animals enjoy it. I had to watch more and try to understand it. This I don't lead, understand it. This leads me to observe another one of their practices. Gerbiling. <laughs> the poor innocent creature has its claws removed and it is put into the putrid bumhole of one of these men with a tube. The poor animal, obviously trying to escape the vile smell of the bumhole and possibly afraid of being turned homosexual, frantically tries to escape. The struggles of this little furry animal trying to escape gives the man pleasure. <laughs> it is cruel and it is not just gerbils they use. One night, I observed a full-size cat. Ah! As I type these unspeakable things to you, I am sitting here with disgusting pictures laid out in front of me. One of these pictures is of a man having sucked the other person's rectum. The other person is poo-pooing, and this one is eating the poo-poo all over the place. Tell me sincerely, if the law is making this legal, basically, you are accepting eating the poo-poo. It is not natural to be eating the poo-poo. My investigations lead me to the curious they made me curious as to the taste of the poo-poo. <laughs> I just go down to any chipper here and you'd get the same. <laughs> it cannot be nice, I imagined. The other night, I had a poo-poo. 
But I could not flush it, as I could not stop thinking about the taste of what it might be like. So I tried the forkful. There was a musty smell at first like a gym locker full of sweaty asses. When it entered my mouth, it was quite bitter, like dark chocolate, but it had the texture of Nutella. But I got a pleasant surprise when I bit into a piece of sweet corn and it popped its warm juices all over my tongue. <laughs> but now I fear I have become infected now with the evil, as all I can think about is the bum-bums and driving it deeper. Oh Lord, save my soul. We do not want this sickness in our country. It is sick, therefore it is deviant. Is that what America wants to bring to our country, eating the poopoo of our children? Have a think on that. Yours, Pasta Bad Paw. That letter happened to offend probably everyone. <laughs> we live in a modern world, Just Pastor to say, Papa. The opinions uh, presented in the letters read by us on the Fred Rock Show do not represent me and Tony's personal opinion, and we therefore exonerate ourselves from any potential lawsuits. Or stabbings. We have another Wait. song lined up. It is... Monster, Monster Truck! Truck! Why are you not rocking? I am now. I have to close me out of the world. Don't you? Little fat baldy Eric Hall, football agent with a yellow suit and stubborn a stogie. Well, that wasn't him. That was Monster Truck! A Canuckian eight foot band, and no sign of lumberjack tantrums yet, with their second album, Sitting Heavy, squatting bulbously at number six in their charts. Having the bumpo! We curled off the moose sized log of Why Are You Not Rocking? Every time I thought of them, I didn't think it Eric Hall, I thought Monster Munch. Big stupid monster on the front of it. Yeah. And it was uh, always the same monster. Uh, yeah, and it was, you never got the different flavours in this country. You still don't, it's still the same lad. There was always on the back, they had the different monsters. It would always be the Cyclops. Where was the rest of the monsters? Oh, where were the rest of the flavours? 
Hello, it's Friday. What? Time to rock. Do you want to rock? <laughs> Time to do battle. You should mean a relationship. Time for battle breasts. Ha! Huh. It's the Friday Rock Show. <laughs> you know about the flood anyway, Tom. <laughs> Adrian and Tony. Straight in, no fucking kissing. You know you love it. Glory days. <laughs> It's no running mate. Uh, I was actually a, a little bit worried if it's too much, but she's lovely. So what, what's a finished minute in inches? Huh? Enough to make you bleed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she drives her band mates mental. The black swordsman. Letters from Tom Shiger. How is Adrian and Tom real? <laughs> I was gone. Baldy. If I was lucky, I'd get to ride them in their beds. Michelle. I'm working as a VIP hostess. Take off your pants. I'm not revealing my foof. Plinny Cassie. How long have you been riding her, you two-timing rat? <laughs> me, me. No jaff sex, burnt notes, implants, marriage. Pays the fara. I'm not gay. I was like Matthew McAllister and that gay sick one he did for the Oscar. <gasps> Suck on that, John Gagan. His misery juicery. <laughs> oh, sickness. The state of the share. We are the Wolves Guard. Where the fuck are we? Listen to heavy metal music is outlawed in the state of Washer. And Boba Fenton. Divorce awaitens. A long time ago in a village close, close by. <laughs> the music is really good. You've also enjoyed music tonight from Enter Shikari, Dark <laughs> <laughs> That's the Black Swords one's coming. <laughs> Fucking deadly. So what's next, Tony? It's another letter! Oh I've had Orpheus Tilt, I've had Pastor Badpa! We're short, snappy, incisive tonight. Here's Michaela! What's up, FRS? What's up? <laughs> what's up, FRS? Hiya! I think social media might be trying to kill me. What? But I can't escape it, Adrian. What's going on? It's destroying my life, but if I left it, I would have no life. Uh, I'm barely on it, and it's still murdering me. Up until last year. I didn't even use Twitter. I was so unbelievably last decade. It's like Henry's last fucking century. But I'm thumbing, swiping, jegging and texting. Then chewing my skin where I try to go cold turkey or actually when the battery dies and I can't find my charger. Uh, I hate that. It's because I, j- I just broke up with Satchel. I can't believe it. Digitally dumped by my long-term boyfriend. Satchel? I couldn't understand it. Why me? Why now? But I refuse to give in to impulse and beg an answer from him. I could have called... But who does that these days? I fought back the severe need to post an updated status on FB. But then he took to Twitter and spread that I gave him oral sex in the field. <laughs> and obviously I didn't like, but it was too late. He called me a slut. A slut! I reread it and reread it, but I wasn't and never had been anywhere near his genitals. Actually, ever, because I still have my V card. Your V card? What's that for? Is that for uh, cheap flights on Virgin? No foreign bodies have hit the lift up inside me yet, Adrian. Hashtag virgin. saving for Jesus. Suddenly, everyone everywhere thought I was a slut and everyone started to hate on me on social media. Like on Snapchat and Yik Yak too. Oh, Yik Yak's cool. Hey, Anna? Yeah, totally. I was shocked. I couldn't eat. I relented at the end of the first hour on day one since the breakup and FaceTimed Satchel trying to see if he'd get back with me and I'm like even Cara Delevingne girl wouldn't give you a blowjob. She's got massive hairy eyebrows and you wouldn't be able to see her mouth working at all. And she's gay. Your mammy is gay, Satchel said, laughing and rubbing his chest up against the screen. I'm a sexy beast, Joe. That's when I knew he'd turn into a wannabe fuckboy. A fuckboy? Yeah, I know fuckboys shouldn't stress me out. Don't settle for a fuckboy just because you're a lonely baby girl, they say. No, you're worse. I know fuckboys don't respect us women. He's a player. A gangster. Well, those are his strange words. I mean, how gangster can you be spreading slurry on your father's farm? He's a guy who, when he's not struggling with a basic grasp of the English language, will lie to a girl to make them hook up or send him nudes. Like those ones I sent of me in the bath on my 13th birthday last month when we first fell in love. <laughs> 
Tony. Standard dropping. Tony's little eyebrows went up at this part. <laughs> Read more. <laughs> he told me that he'd score weed off a third year boy in school if he'd send him nudes of his bitch. You don't understand the pressure. You have to do it, Adrian. This is what young people are like these days. She asked me to send nudes. You have to do it. Adrian. No, you see, this is what I'm confused about. Who should send who nudes at this stage? I send her nudes. Well, I've already sent her a ton. Surprise, dick pic, Satchel shouted, pointing his phone camera towards his groin. What size are Karen's boobs, Michaela? He asked me. Dude, I totally banged Karen, he claimed, before a chance even to type. He was loopy Lou. But I still loved him. He's so cute. All the girls think he's cute, but surely he would know what size Karen's breasts were if he'd been intimate with her. It is kind of scientific and obvious, didn't have to tell you that. Well, not necessarily. He might have left the bra on. And it could have been one of those pallet brass. But did she have her V card with her? And then, or did she leave her V card? Then you hook it, and uh, the pallet brass <coughs> flops off, and you're looking at two little and a goat's udders looking at you, and the nipples are the biggest part of him. It's like, where did your boobs go? She's my agent's fame is gone. <laughs> An insight into young ones' tits. I heard that from a young one. That's who in the field when they unlocked the bra. Satchel has become a savage. You know what that means, right? I know you're old now, but do you keep up to date? <gasps> That's law. Hey, that's listen, not, bitch. That's, that's, don't you do that. Listen, bitch, you'll be our age one day too if you're fucking lucky. Sorry, sorry, I'm not. Your vagina's falling off. I'm, I'm getting trolled here, sorry. <laughs> you'll fall for the uh, You're see, fully, oh, look at it. I know a hipster word <laughs> to do with the technology, social media, networking stuff. Man of the hour. I'm all about the fire box, don't worry about that. Oh, yeah, I missed the old uh, Indian ringtone. <laughs> do it first now on the Friday Rocks Station. What's that special ringtone from India? Remember. It's like something you play to the snake. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. When you wanted to get the erection, you took out the lock, yeah? yeah. Here, play this to the snake. Do you think they take it out, take a picture of their cock and put it up on Instagram? <laughs> take out the little lock, and make <laughs> yeah. his erection coming up with the Indian music on it? And a little high-pitched analogue sound. <laughs> and the dick would start coming into view. Like that. Meandering up. <laughs> Bit of <a> shape. <laughs> but... We're getting off topic here. What's Michaela saying? Stop. How could we not listen to you, Michaela? <laughs> I know you're old She's now. a young one. She deserves our attention. That's what they want. They want the attention. They, they don't have stop. attention. They don't deserve it. Although, I hear you're still on Bebo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Burn. I'm confused. Satchel likes to call himself a bro. He's going for some politically incorrect, <laughs> sexist, porn-consuming, booze-guzzling, weed-chonging guy who never wants to grow up. Satchel thinks he's a meninist. A meninist? He linked to his debate online that said, do women have more rights than men? And 80% said, yes, they do. But I know, Adrian, that he's just got copies of it from Vine. They want to become famous. They want to be Viners. I mean, cop on, a four-year-old platform by three geeky New Yorkers who sold it to Twitter, full of guys who spurred memes. He got the memes! Oh, that's a very cool meme. It's all about me, isn't it? Memes. Memes. Yeah. Then no vowels. When I used to challenge There's no vowels. He's shouting ancient movie titles at me. Fatal attraction. Basic instinct. Misery. Oh, break the ages off you. Break the ages off. Single white female. The temp. Disclosure. Like I was some nasty bitch stopping him, as he says, from having a life. How do you know all these references? I told him I had to stop. I had to go volunteer at a home for adults with disabilities. Satchel wanted me to switch to Snapchat so I could send him some more nudes. He was hurting for the hash. I had no choice but to curl up and cry in the corner of my bedroom. Oh, but did not take any pictures of what we want to know? Send them. <clears throat> I feel like we're living in a parallel world. There's a real world and a second world on social media. Oh, we talk about all days what's happening on our phones. But we never talk about how weird that is and how it's really fucking us up. Is that what you mean by the second world? We live in the first world and she's talking about a second world. And then the other lad earlier was in the third world. Yeah, totally. Did you not know that? And then how many worlds are there? 
Eight. You're the man who reads the comics. Yeah. You tell me. There's Asgard, Midgard, that's us. And then you've Middle Earth. Um, yeah, Middle Earth. Vulcan, Alderaan, Tatooine. All the ones blown up, so it's not there anymore. So if you Where was Lando? Lando was on Despa. And there's Jakku in the new one. Where's Superman from? Krypton. Battlestar Galactica, where do they come from? All I wanted was Apollo There's a prize for the first person to text in with the name that the Galacticas were coming from, the planet they were coming from in their search of Fleeing! Home, in their ragtaggle group. <laughs> Very good. You should, go, you should go on Britain's Got Talent with that. <laughs> that sounds like it. <laughs> Wish you could be home for Christmas. Are we going to get to the end of related to the Jonas Brothers? Yeah, fuck you, teenage bitch. I know who the Jonas Brothers are. Especially Nick. He loves Nick. Um, okay, so yeah, disabilities hurting par- parallel worlds. But I need my phone. I can't survive without it. Yeah. I've had one since I was six. I stay up all ah. night looking at my phone. Ah. I have a fierce FOMO, Adrian. What's your FOMO, Adrian? Now, there's a test for you. You think you're an all knowledge of a now, don't you? What's Fear of mobile outage. <laughs> Fear of mutant outbreak. <laughs> or Fear of multiple orgasms <laughs> Or it's like a homo Is it new sex A new sexuality now Will you ride the phones I don't know FOMO It's a fear of Missing out I used to have that I, I know in full disclosure I had to look this up When I read it first <laughs> I, I used to have FOMO Now I just have GTFU I gave the fuck up <laughs> What Gave the fuck up on everything Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Fuck life What's the ball sack Drop another inch <laughs> What's another year? I'm so anxious now That something exciting Is happening to someone Somewhere else And now it's probably Happening to Satchel On his father's farm With Karen And her massive boobs Oh I hate my life Be cool And play some Wolf mother Peace Michaela We're not playing Any wolf mother Now for you Michaela But thanks very much For recommending them They're the cool band The hot now The Australian lads On his fourth album But it's coming up later Near the end of the show But now Something even better My favourite band It's Tony's Pick it week It's King Gizzard Ah People Vultures King Gizzard And the Lizard Wizard
barking. King Gizzard and yes. the Lizard Wizard. Just, just look at them. Look at them. Marvel at the name. With a singer named Ambrose, two drummers, and the greatest, cheapest videos ever made, they are the Friday Rock Show's Hawker of the Year. <sighs> and the never-ending new album, Nonagon Infinity. You bit the fist to people, people vultures. vultures. Okay, Tony, let's keep it going fast. It's time for a Is that you trying to be hip with the hip language? Yeah. Got FOMOs and memos and I'm memes. going to uh, Spotify that one and make some memes about it. Distract him quick. Give him something to read. Get his mind off it. The fact that he's meaningless. Tony. It's your job I've no feelings. <laughs> Hold on, bye. How's the form for Rock Show like? I'm not bothered helping you, but I have to let your listeners know if there's, like, anyone who listens to the actual radio these days to be wary of an internet scam that sets a black bale trap to get 10,000 out of you. I won't be telling you my details. I don't want to be identified like. I'm contacting your station to highlight a scam. I was threatened by Eastern European women after she sent me a video of me viewing her naked and performing sex acts on her camera. Hold on, hold on. I'll explain. The, ah. the woman later contacted me and said that if I don't pay 10,000 euro to a specific account, she would trace and contact me family and friends about the performance. Now lads, I didn't care what she did. I told her point blank that I will. Yeah, I wasn't fucking paying a thing. But that was gorgeous. Not fair play on her part at all. So I decided to go public here because I'm convinced the woman has attempted such scams like this before, Adrian. He's performing a public service there now, yeah. You know, like, I first came in contact with her via Facebook last November after I received a friend request from from the woman which she later claimed was sent to me by mistake. I was in town at Liberty Grill getting something for the stomach. I checked into the restaurant Wi-Fi and got a message from her saying, You are in the city centre. I am too. Would you like to meet? Ah, oh, them ones! Hook, line and sinker. I was like, okie doke, come along hon. And sure enough, she came over and we were chatting away go though. I thought she was sound out. A lovely girl. She said she was from Poland originally and a broken, she had a broken up accent. A broken up she was, broken up. I couldn't see myself doing line with her. Anyway, we went off down to Down Lowry's and two points turned into about 18. You know yourself. She then asked me if I'd like to come back to her friend's house. So off we went back to her friend's house. And then one thing led to another thing. And more after that. And even more then. I didn't think she was a doxy, but I fucking destroyed her for hours, man. Well done, you! She came across as the soundest girl I'd ever met in a long time. She said she was studying to be a nurse. She was grand after that first night, though. We got in some quality kip in the morning and had breakfast in the afternoon down at Pana. I totally forgot about it until yesterday when she sent me a message. She asked was I on video calls and I said no. I wasn't into it like. I'm like you, lads. I've only a face for radio. <laughs> Fuck you, you langer. I wasn't in the form, as I was half asleep. Then the next thing I got a message video called coming through and I was just hugging up. She kept ringing and ringing and ringing and I kept hanging and hanging and hanging up. Then I answered a video call and I was looking at the phone and I said, what the fuck lads is going on here? There she was, Starker's lying in the bed with the legs open waiting for the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> she started going down. She, she started going to town on herself and I was like, okie dokie. I decided it was best to continue watching it. I went on for two or three minutes, I'd say. She was asking me to do stuff too. I was actually reluctant. And they'd really say, nah, I'm not really into this at all. Like, She kept going on for another few minutes. Next thing she stopped and the camera went off. Puff smoke. Gone. Short time later, I received a fairly long Facebook message, which I interpreted as very threatening, Adrian. What's that? She was saying... Do not end this call. You're under great threat and all this kind of shit, lads. She didn't play the video of me watching or slapping the single string and she said you released this video to all my family members and the people of Cork. Then she demanded five grand or she was going to release the video and let it go viral. Oh, 
She never gave me an account number but kept asking, Have you paid have yet? You paid have you paid yet? Have you paid yet? What the fuck like? She then demanded 10 grand. I told her to fuck off. She threatened me again. You see lads, she definitely has done this with other people and she will catch someone someday. She was professional and I think there was more than her involved. You could see she'd done this before and she caught me hook, line and sinker. I'll admit that like. I'm shocked over being blackmailed. I just want to warn others to be careful who they're friend with on sites and to be aware of the dangers that are out there. I think it's important to be a role model like and to advise others of these things. Like I shudder to think what would have happened if I were a married man. So be warned lads. These she-devils are out there. I don't know why to do it to you. She recorded me first night with her too. I screen recorded her watching me watching her yesterday. Don't see me trying to embezzle coins from her, do you? I just have to watch it again and again, like, wanking into a sock crying. Lads, she was a riot. Good luck, John Paul Slaney. Good man, John Paul. Well. So what advice have you got for John Paul there, being sexually embezzled? This always happens to me, though. Well, well, not that. Well, what? Like, I got this from Ira Shorter. Ira Shorter? Send me a fact friend's request so we can hook up. My username is come on my thits 32 and my profile is here. See you soon. Like, should I reply to that? Yeah! <laughs> In the name of all of Orpheus tells his science! Yeah, so be careful of them scams, lads, because what you're putting out there can never be got back and it never, never, ever disappears. So be really careful. Be up on billboards in China before you know it. The internet is a very bad place. Just do what me and Tony do. We don't have the Snapchat. I just randomly flash me cock at him in the studio and there's no there's no record of it. Oh no, hold on now. Here's the music. We have a webcam. Here's the music. Fuck it!
Ryan! Ah, uh, there's Ronnie Atkins now for you. What are you doing here, Ronnie? Midlife crisis? You're two-timing the great Danish pretty maids! Pretty maids! Going behind their back with fit Eric Martinson. You like the young lads now that you're 52? A bit of fresh in the form of Nordic Union. That's what you say on a Saturday night. Looking for a bit of fresh? Yeah. I tried a Nordic Union with Tarja Turunanen, but she burnt all my letters and made babies with someone else. Tarja Turunanen? Nordic Union, the band. Nordic Union, the album. And the song was... Nordic Union? Like what? Tarja roared at me naked as I looked in her bathroom window from the garden. Go! <laughs> in a really heavy masculine voice like that. Deep chisel jaw, way eh? The chance with her the ice bit down the back of her skull. I think she was pushing the cock in, in between her legs that I couldn't see it. <laughs> Dirty hermaphrodite bitch. It's time for Fuckback Friday! The Friday Rock Show. <laughs> The horns of history have blown. It's time to go back. Back Friday. Let it flow all <laughs> over you. Come here. Time to go back on the Friday Rock Show. Back Friday. Back Friday. Back what? Um, back Friday. Fuck Back Friday. Yes, and on this Fuck Back Friday, we're going all the way back to 1989 for a little bit of nostalgia, and uh, see that me and Tony were up to exactly the same things back then. Nothing changes. Tony, you stupid bastard! It was the wrong logo. <laughs> Except the sound quality. <laughs> I've got time for you, Tony. Right. I, mean, I was going to tell you about being the epicenter of technology here. You're not back now. That's fucking open tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That was Wops. Hi Adrian, um, did you get to see the Wasp in Dunleary? Forgan Cole! That by the way was Megadeth. No! Will you play? <laughs> no! Hi Adrian, I'm getting really nervous. The exams are next week. What can I do? I haven't studied yet. Can you help me? Why haven't you studied yet? I a fool! <laughs> Look at you still got three days, right? Three days to be exact. But I'm telling you, study! I'm telling you, if you fuck this up, those millions of children out there will do their exact same thing. Don't be thinking about fucking women! Get out of the on the air! Hey, don't fucking look! Now look what you've done to me! Been tea all over me. I know. Fuck you! Stop fucking having Freeman's fault, super bastard. I was saying he's not anywhere near. He's getting too much airplay. I don't get paid up. He's getting me off. Oh shit! Now listen here, Adrian. You're nothing but a. Being as the exams are next week, I think I'll play a song for all those people out there who are studying hard for the exams. Here it is. It's SOD. Kill yourself. I said this is no killer stuff. And I think that them exams could be a day of reckoning. Boy! That's the most weird term. Day of reckoning, which is. <laughs> You're listening to Radio 1, it's now f- um, Good minute, minute. <laughs> But now I see all these pop fucks thinking they're the first to know about Guns N' Roses. Those fucking faggots should be hung up by the TESTIGAS! And this is their- I don't like that, I 
Sweet child of mine, lovely record. Speak you haven't heard it before. There's White Lion! What was it? It was Tommy Toad and Honey Machine! Alfred Lord! Loose boys are magic! Oh! Oh, whop it out there, Tony! Whop it out! Oh. Here's Dr. Steed from Halloween! Dr. Steed has brought in the jungle! I'm Mr. Beetle. Buster! Fall off! Yeah. Bite the bullet, Mr. Beagle! <laughs> There's lads you don't know. Squeeze it right! Go to <laughs> It's the Friday Rock Show. Friday Rock Show. Friday Rock Show. Adrian Vine and Tony Wilson. The Friday Rock Show. That was Fuckback Friday from 989 for the episode number 7. Memories, I have to say, uh, the sound was much different back then, but as I said, it made the uh, Rose Tattoo sound better that time. <laughs> that was 1990, that was a year later. That was in the Drunk World Cup special. Oh, was it? We played them. <clears throat> I mistakenly referred to them as a different band, however. But it's amazing, I think, that they can. It's like a time machine, it can bring it right back to that moment. Do you remember what you were wearing at that time, Tony? <laughs> Same hat we're now <laughs> We'll be taking your suggestions On the Friday Rock Show For future Fuckback Fridays So if you've any particular year Or episode You want to um, Hear the highlights from Please let us know 989 We still sound the same though We haven't aged We're like the Peter Pans Of radio You look the same Like I mean You wouldn't notice any difference Until you pulled off the hat <laughs> <laughs> Not under there It's like Philip Schofield He looked His face very same as it was when it was on the Saturday morning show thing with the glove puppet. What's he called? Sitting on the couch with that one and he's a beveling. <laughs> Stop about the Holly Willy Booby. Don't even start. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you see your woman presenting the, the swimming? Oh, I did, yeah. Showing the flyer yeah, on yeah, the yeah, air yeah, she was. Yeah. When I was watching the women's beach volleyball, I was horrified at the wrist injury. Yeah, I'm okay now, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, man. You're trying to get me. You're trying to get me. You're trying to get me. Time for a letter. Is yeah, this yeah. Yeah. Moving on, moving on. Keep on moving on. Don't look back. Never look back. Never look back. Dear Friday Rock Show. Helen Skelton. <laughs> <laughs> Little writing at the bottom suddenly came into focus. Helen Skelton. <laughs> the thing you, you know is when you're having a wank. <laughs> You're like, don't you? Could you like someone like me? Or even me? Or both of us? <laughs> we leave her like a fucking Helen Skellington. There'd be nothing left of her. I lay her alive with vinegar and salt. <clears throat> Dear Friday Rock Show. Riding. This letter is about riding. <laughs> it's everything. I've been married to my wife for 10 years. The first thing that attracted to me was her ass. But recently she's got very self-conscious about her rear and wanted to lose weight. She's a stay-at-home wife looking after the two kids, but she has some free time while they're at school. There's a local cycling club called the Daytime Riders, which suited her, so she decided to join up. And she also decided to... <laughs> Here, listen, I'll go out and get a tube and fix it I'm in. I'm getting too excited. I've been talking too long about Helen Skelton. 
<laughs> shouting. So she decided to join up and she also joined a local guerrilla fitness group. Guerrilla fitness? Now, Was it called guerrilla fitness? Yeah. Getting them apes in, into shape? Guerrilla fitness, yeah. Could have been a lot of gorillas. Get your ape into shape! Join guerrilla fitness today! Hey! <clears throat> I understood she spent a lot of time at home and I was happy she had an outlet. Even though I started to get bored every time she came back from the gym going on about her snatch. Her what? Her snatch. Actually, so her snatch. Like. Yeah, her squat snatch. Or full snatch. Split snatch. Her power snatch. And muscle snatch. And apparently, yeah, I have. <laughs> and apparently her snatch must be followed by a clean and a jerk. Anyway, this was all well and good, but it was the daytime riders which aroused my suspicion. She kept going on and on about this guy she'd met called Conrad, who was mad into his riding. She went on about his stamina and how many kilometres he could go. One time, she was out with the daytime riders and she got flat. And of course, who else it was it but Conrad who gave her a pump. <laughs> the thoughts of what might be going on at the daytime riders the were swirling around in my head until I could stand it no longer. I pulled a sickie at work and decided to follow her. You did not! I stalked Anonymous her. man! Ah, Jesus. The daytime riders would meet at the local sports hall, so I drove there. I parked just out of the way, and what did I see? But Conrad and my missus chatting away. Conrad have a big chin, Lily. She was laughing up into his face like a schoolgirl. But Conrad, all he could do was look at my wife's ass in her tight lycra cycling shorts. Next thing that happens was they both lock up their bikes and head into the sports hall. Oh, Tony, no, Tony, no. No bad things. Good things. <laughs> for us there was building work going on at the hall so I climbed the scaffolding that gave me an unobstructed view through the windows I see a light come on one of the small offices overlooking the badminton court there was Conrad standing there with his tracksuit bottoms down and his cock hanging out oh no he was did he a- get the knocky out to get it around cause he was aroused and ready for action my wife is sitting on the desk just staring at it taking it in he walks toward her and she takes him in her mouth the anger was rising in me but I briefly lost my balance and remembered I was on planks resting on a steel frame I prepared to make my way down but then I see him lie on her the button I can't even, can't even read he's just nervous he's just nervous. <laughs> calm down calm down lady it'll get to the good bit in a while just don't rush it don't rush it don't do it don't be premature I prepared to make my way down but then I see him lie her face down on her mounds over the desk and he lifts her stiff rear and rolls down the clinging black lycra shorts she'd no knickers on nothing else is removed not even the daytime riders t-shirt he just stands back for an eternity admiring her butt finally he slides into her and starts pumping like he was Lance Armstrong with a yellow jersey except with two gonads (laughs) but he was still competing illegally because she was my missus she moves his right hand over gently and he starts fingering her rim. I think he was going for a quick release. My body tenses. A roar of rage starts in my throat. But suddenly there's a loud crack from the plank underneath me and all I see is my legs and the scaffolding whizzing past him as I fall to the earth with a crack of my humerus. Oh, the old humerus. I passed out in Not pain. Not the coxes. Not the humerus. That's shrunk. <laughs> Yours or his? Because you said that to me in a very earnest way. It's the tailbone! The tailbone! The remnant of our prehistorical ancestors! Hey Tony, this is all working like you're supposed to be the stupid one. The brainy one and the stupid one. It's a double act. Ant and Dick know their places. You don't know your place, Tony. Never did, never will. <laughs> Talking about fucking evolution? Get to the tits, lads, come on. Anyway, he's fallen off the planks. When I awoke, I was cold and hurting. My return to consciousness was just in time to see the two dirt trackers riding off together. He rang his bell as they both went in different <laughs> directions. I wanted to kill both of them, but could barely move with the agony. 
That's right, get you. People, Tom. That night, when I finally got home, after somehow driving myself to the hospital, I confronted her. Big taped up <laughs> Firstly, I passed <laughs> off the broken arm as a work accident and told her I suspected something was going on. Of her like? She denied her right to my face. So I just came clean that I'd spied on her and Conrad. You did not. She had no words as she realised the game was up. Oh. Sensing the anger building in me, she fled our kitchen and out the back door. That was the last time I saw her as she was pedalling out of our driveway, her glorious booty disappearing into the distance. Later, I heard that she'd gone back to Conrad's, only to be greeted by his wife, who removed a chunk of her ditchwater blonde hair. With nowhere left to go, she went to the Gorilla Fitness Gym and took out her frustrations by launching into a furious weightlifting oh, session. Jesus! After the workout, her arms had swelled up like Popeyes. Like Popeyes! She'd worked out too hard and caused a muscle breakdown which released harmful enzymes and creatine into her bloodstream that had caused her kidney to fail and killed the bitch! <laughs> Jeez, I nearly felt sorry for her. But anyway... That's what I was expecting from this. <laughs> since then, I've moved on and joined a cycling club myself. <laughs> and you know what? It wasn't long before I was having flirty conversations myself over the bikes. What's it called? The Night Riders this time? <laughs> sure, only today I recommended one of my fellow riders to have a stem length of at least... 10 inches for maximum riding comfort. All's well, the hens well. Ah, lads, kind regards, anonymous. And this thing didn't even put his name to him. <laughs> so it's the night riders like, so he's going like, like Kit, Michael, it's very dangerous, Michael. <laughs> That's what he should have done. So anyway, that was that. It's time for some music. In honour of anonymous. These are one of my favourites. <laughs> it's in the studio <laughs> during the week when we were putting the show together. I played him the track. He didn't even know it was. After two minutes of the song. How old do you think I am to remember the 90s? When you wake oh yeah, this is You sound different. Stuck in it's like just a me person. Just get going till you hit the ocean and you turn California.
knows all about that when I hide his asthma bottle. No, you bastard! Is it pop punk, power pop, or just privileged white boy shite? I know it is. Weezer singer Rivers Como says new white album has no title and it's an illusion they're actually back from the 90s. No title, anonymous letters, what's the world coming to? No, but really, it's the Beach album inspired by hanging around the west side of LA and girls on Tinder within a four mile radius. Rivers would flood him with his song ideas like that one called California Kids. Oh yeah, I'm a cartoonist. Let's go to the park. You take off your clothes and I'll draw you as a new boy nymph. California! There's been so many songs about California. Why do you think about something different? Okay, I'm going to have to take a break there and pass you over to our sponsors. We all have bills to pay. The Savage Garden survivors are back. Fuck you! I am the Star Child. He's the size of a ten-year-old, wearing the bullet belt. And I will save you all. But you're only two feet tall, Tom. A man born of an egg through his father's arse. You must turn on the radio. I can't with the radio! And Supalon wants their planet. We can colonize this planet once and for all, yeah? The species will collapse. They show male babies in utero. Exposed to neosine, don't develop genitals. Wipe the humans out. Kill the witnesses to our savage garden. I am Falcornius. I remember when you were human, Lila McGregor. Mutilation advised. Oh! But there is one race. Your moles are moving. It's spelling something. I'm Ogen Telch. Not Imogen. Imogen Telch. Who are you? What do you want here? That we're here before any of them. The Meemong. The Meemong. It's the Meemong. Meemong. Me. And are back to harvest their seed. I interpret for the Meemong. They are the most marks, the spots upon your skin. Erupting, reproducing, barely moving. But harvested us, they know everything. To teach Ang Lee, Jagger, Busher and Tucker to fight. And I will save you all. To sacrifice everything. Stop it. For our Lord Jesus Christ! Hold on there! Put the needles back in. Don't Alright, mate, get out of my face. But there is a virus. Hilliot, I'm Baldus. Baldus will serve you. I am the key. I am the secret. There's only me. Who are the Meemong? He must be silenced. No! The infection has started. Panspermia. 
Out now. Yeah, he might have a big... Scenes depicted in this trailer are actually those in the final product. Deep, sexy voice and all that, but I think I have more personality. There's more emotion in mine, like... Choking you! Choking on your own boil! That was Panspermia, and I for one will be queuing up in the cinema queues this summer to see that. <laughs> How are you doing? Chicken for! Hiya! Alright, Jesus! It's the <laughs> I didn't want to show this one to Asian because I'm a bit concerned about what the outcome might be, but Slayer, to you Asian from your old friend Foggy. Ah, good. It's always good to hear from an old friend. Previously on Foggy's Letters. Last time I heard from him, he was winning on his adamantium sword. <laughs> there you go. I am the archive. <laughs> My knowledge makes you sneeze. <laughs> it's not the weekend, man. It's the weekend, men. This lovely weekend is gone. <laughs> <laughs> It's because of Foggy. He's brought him out. <laughs> it's the reaction that Foggy has on him. <laughs> Medics! Making <laughs> <Are you> sound. <laughs> Forget the medivac on the way. <laughs> Where's Jack Bauer? Hello, Aldrin. Foggy, your old acquaintance here again, Adrian. We seem to have lost contact for a while. I have to tell you something important. Do you know that body language could be more important than ever? You probably don't. He hasn't dropped, has he? It's been 25 years, Foggy. And he's still been patronising. I heard the tone in your voice change. Yeah, I know what body language is. It's what you do for deaf people. Big deal. But, but now, you're informed by me. I always knew I had special powers. After years of bar managing... I can, within milliseconds, pick up a suite of information about a person and decide instantly what social dominance or hierarchical standing you are and what drink you want. These powers... Should be the fucking X-Men. Should be with them. Shup, Tony. These powers are now confirmed by clever people. A recent study on speed dating and online dating profiles also found that expansive postures with open arms I read expensive prostitutes! <laughs> What's wrong with me? With open arms and stretched our torsos help people appear more approachable and therefore more attractive to prospective partners. It significantly predicts the odds of getting a yes response. That's me! Yeah, that's why things happen for him because he's going around in the open posture springing around. Uh, fuck him. In fact, those who gestured with their hands and moved their arms widely nearly doubled their odds of getting a yes from their partner compared with those who sat still, kept their arms to themselves and looked at their feet. I can never keep my arms to myself. They found that profile pictures showing outstretched arms and legs were 27% more likely to elicit a yes response than those with crossed arms. Ding! Me again! I see a lot of ancient pictures he's there standing there with the big crossed arm. Look at him! It's just animal physics, Adrian. Maybe you missed out the times you turn up for school. Taking up more space and maximising presence in a physical location is used as a signal for attracting a mate. By exerting dominance, I'm trying to signal to a potential mate I'm able to do things. I have a space in this hierarchy. I have access to resources. Also, me! Is he right though? The pose now has a name. It's called postural expansiveness and it's how much space you could take up with your torso and limbs. This is opposite in appearance to you with your years of radio work. Hunched up and closed off, keeping your arms and legs close to your torso. I've seen the live studio cams. Or maybe you're not putting yourself out there as much as you used to. 
slowly regressing into a balled-up shell of bitterness. Not me. Open body language also results in the person being much more likely to be asked to on a real date. I told you, Adrian, this is how it works. You never believe me. You laughed at me. But I've also used it every time I go out dancing. So what if I spill a little Carlsberg on her legs? She'd be wet there already. <laughs> I read one day on my iPhone 7 Pro, which by the way is 5.5 inches long, meaning I can't send a Tinder dick pic for the girls as half of it wouldn't fit in my fully zoomed out screen. <laughs> I'm sure you can manage with your 4.7 inch iPhone 6S. Anyway, I read that previous research highlights my special powers, that humans are exceptionally gifted at picking up a non-verbal cues and making snap judgments. Like me, I knew when I first met you that you would become an asshole. Oh, fucking McGregor, Lara. Thanks, Lizzie. I'll just put this over there. Oh, well, Foggy. Far away. Yeah, I don't need special powers to know that you're an arrogant, condescending asshole too. I'm saying nothing. I'm saying now. You're still bitter about that show. All right. Yeah, maybe we went too far. But the last half hour was pretty silent, I recall. And we relentlessly... But it was funny. <laughs> it was funny to us, all right. That's what it's about. And his shoulders did hunch up and there was a ball of bitterness in the corner. All right, Packing is it time for some more music? Actually, no. Today's the day full of surprises. It's another letter! <laughs> it's another one because Just I... Because I thought you might need a little bit of a pick-me-up. What I really need is a, no way is a breather between letters. No, you don't. You see, he's provoked me. He's called me out now. I'm ready for you. Do you know you have to use your verbal dexterity with your oversized tongue? Hi, guys. I'm Felton. I'm so pissed off at the world right now. It's all going to shit. People I used to watch on TV when I was a kid are dying and old guys are starting wars again. So that's normal. To hell with you all. I'm starting a rebellion. A real rebellion. And it starts with you, Adrian and Tony. I can't believe that you guys sound inebriated when you do your show. You drink a hell of a lot with your drunk stories and your stoner slacker music. I know I'm not the only one who thinks this. All of my diverse individual friends think the same. It's the only way, I guess, how you speak like that. Awesome. Okay. But you've got to get with the times. Beer is the killer. It's the way the world is how it is. Call this an intervention because I'm getting some light into your life. Here comes the new dawn, a new world order. So read my lips. Sober is the new drunk. Throw that brewski away. The revolution starts now. Us millennials are so sensitive right now. Our detractors call us Generation Snowflake. But what do they know? They're just blind with drunkenness. We are ditching their bar crawls for our juice crawls. Me and my bros, we head down to California at Juice Bar and take shots of Dr. Feelgood and Dark Yellow Liquid Paradise, Mother Fub and Fireball. Just good stuff. Oh man, I feel that right up here in my brain. I'm on my 8th shot of the day already, as I take a few Instagrams and blog my feelings, but I can still pass the breathalyzer test. You should join us on our juice crawl, guys. We do it monthly, sampling more than 19 unique combinations. And you know, I'm not the guy who is a recovering addict. I'm the dude who values mindfulness, spandex, and green juice. For those of you under 35, cutting back on the hooch no longer means social suicide. On this typical sober day rave, the biggest one is shine, you turn up with your buds at a booze-free event that combines food, water, flower essence, meditation and entertainment. That's where we juice up and absorb music. There's even camp for concentrated juice. When I first went to shine, all I got was inspired. We get way more than 100 people. Without the demon alcohol, you get to love real, authentic relationships and want to open up to others on the same journey and be centred and calm to appreciate the day. Oh, God. At night, my dad has a couple of whiskeys and shouts at my mom, who has a bottle of Pinot Noir in her hand, and they trade insults into the night. I just don't need that in my life right now. 
We're drinking juice. There are so many people who feel similarly. We're special. You might think I'm some rich, overprivileged prick trying to outsmug you before I sell out and buy an SUV and move into a gated community. Well, give me a chance. You know, guys, beer cannot be the nucleus of your existence. I knew people like you who get pissed in the graveyard and cheap cider. Actually, the real rebellion is not to do that stuff. It's to do this stuff. So open up your mouth and take in a huge kale and kumquat shot. The rebellion starts here. Sober is the new drunk. Love the juice. Please play some awesome clip of whatever. Yours, Felton Derny. Felton! I've only one thing to say. Go and fuck yourself. No. Cop on, Bernie. Why do you now? You can't be doing this. Those people are real humans as well. Burn the juice! Well, here's a bit of whatever for... Dunno, I've forgotten already. This is our medication. It's the medication for the melancholy by Rob of the Zombies. There's that scabby old extra from The Walking Dead, pissing blood. Yes, it's Rob Zombie and he's back from the dead once more with his megalomaniacal mangling of music and words. From the new album, The Electric Warlock, Acid Witch Satanic Orgy Celebration Dispenser. You just got cancer from medication for the melancholy. Between hobbling after Andrew Lincoln, spewing beetroot juice, Rob's got a pinball machine coming out and has crowdfunded his own 31 horror film. Respect to the zombie. He's a deadly man altogether. Really? He's out there forging his own path, ploughing his own acre, unravelling his own dreadlocks, unfurling his own foreskin. Don't really Do we even have any letters left? It's been a jam packed full of letters Friday Rock Show tonight. It's popular, and they just love writing into us. The mail sack must have been bulging. 
overflowing with goodness. I tell you, like having a lot of entitled bringing the sack in under <laughs> my legs today. Was all the girls in the office were looking at me awkward. You do know why they might be looking at it as well. The content of our show. <laughs> They'd be looking at us very strange next week, I'd say. A few meetings with human resources. That kind of thing. <laughs> couple of an apologies recorded. Couple of faxes. PR messages sent. <laughs> Dear Adrian, <laughs> just responding to your request. I'm sitting here typing in a sleeveless top, very short shorts and a leather ankle boot with a brown scarf tied around my neck. I'm bluish. Huh? That's black and Jewish. <gasps> so I try to keep the Shabbat. You know it. That's the tradition of having family meals and refraining from working or using electronics <laughs> from sundown on Friday until sundown on Saturday. <gasps> Just saying that you're a genital. Tony's making himself laugh here. He's having his own little show on his own. <laughs> I usually kicked it off by running upstairs and listening to the Friday Rock Show. But nowadays yes. I have no family and my only friend is an iPhone. So I improvise. Other than that, I drink, I drug, I smoke. I'm clean right now too. Somebody let me use their shower. I, I'm just getting sick of this. Like, what? Does nobody use Androids? Everyone likes to say it. They like to say iPhone. It might be an Android or it might be an HCC, but they still like to say iPhone. <laughs> HCC. So what else? <laughs> Didn't know it was coming from that direction. It might have been you. So what else? Well, boyfriends are rare. I don't do dates. It's all like cuffing season, you know. What's cuffing season? Cuffing season. That you know, in winter time, when people stay in a couple because it's cold out and they want a nest, you're cuffed, you're trapped, you're playing whipped, doing jigsaws and shit. No, I'm a bit more laissez-faire. You know, watching Game of Thrones, passing the Bechdel test and all that. Modern. What's the Bechdel test? The Bechdel test. You don't know what it is. Game of Thrones can pass it. It's when two women in a scene talk about something else other than a man. Oh. I'm usually sewing patches on my patches on the seat of a pair of old jeans using dental floss for thread. I sleep mostly outside. Don't get me wrong, I'm not destitute. It's a lifestyle choice. I've been all over, seen mountains and oceans, the grandest parts of the country. I don't accept drinks from boys who might want to introduce me to Mr. Rufi Rohypnol, so I bring my own. I don't want to be drugged. That's why I'm really careful with my drinking. Get every bit down my throat. And only that going in there. Not like that time when I woke up and the dude was masturbating into my mouth. Last time I take up a rabbi's hospitality. More, more meetings to HR scheduled. That was not an uncommon occurrence. You'll be down on your knees in the synagogue. <laughs> but things are different now. Now I'm just DTF. Down to fuck. DTF. I, I like it, Raw Dog. I don't do condoms. I'm not from the 80s. She saying she likes you and your name's Raw Dog? Why did you change your nickname? Flipping can be an option. Pass me along to your friend when you're done. I have enough to share. I'm alright. It's looking good for you too, Tony. Hey, win-win! This is the best night ever! Run a train if you want. Get the whole football team in. You want a map? I'll give you a map. Mouse, asshole, pussy. Let's do the map! Because I'm a guy's girl. I enjoy the freedom a guy's girl gets. I'm not a precious teenage princess. I enjoy the freedom hanging out with the guys, farting, eating disgusting food, roaring at the TV sports. Simply said, I won't let your dick breathe, Adrian. We can cheer, high five and give each other the pound. (laughs) Slap our bare chests off each other and shout our victories. Because I know you just want to get in there and get your dick wet. I'm hypnotised. I'm so hypnotised by your dick. I'm dickmatised. No need to cuddle me. Just pump me and get the fuck off me. Look forward to seeing you at the next rock night in town. Remember me by playing some prong. Straight in, no messing. Yours, macaroon. Do you think I need love? Macaroon, 
I'd like to meet you. And you know, at the moment, <laughs> I know you like a bit of Game of Thrones there. So I can show you the Golden Throne. But all your talk is giving me the rise above the meadow. Let's go and smoke the green leaf. Tenuous! <laughs> Brutally! It wasn't! Ten- it was good, right? There's a pumper! Suck on that. <laughs> that was cool. It's Greenleaf, but it's only a side project, dude. Not the real shit. Sitting on their golden throne there, with blistered eyes and a field of purple rabbits from their native Borland in Sweden. They ship those rabbits everywhere. Sometimes they make up the entire audience at a gig. Their album is actually called Rise Above the Meadow. Can you believe that? I can't believe that. Where's my legs? I... I can't fucking stand up right now. Live from Vemskogen Ski Resort in Norway. Scabby, <gasps> Flemmy, Ananoidal, Decrepitude. <laughs> the Friday Rock Show. Me and Tony are on the piste. Adrian and Tony do battle with snowmobiles and Audrey Horn. I think it's something to do with being on the radio. The aura here of the microphone. The phallic symbol. You have the biggest cock I've ever seen. Ha! Ha! <laughs> Hardcore! In Audrey's Pist. Going dizzy! Can't see the pages! Going too fast! No fucking oxygen! 
starring Adrian Byrne and Tony Wilson. Hey, Krypton! <laughs> I heard this Mickey sight! <laughs> oh, Jesus! With Peter Ferrer. New positions were being delivered to the publishers of the world. The hyperler! <laughs> Roman Tucker. Oh, I lads! Did you get rolled? It's loud for space. Get in, you fucking idiot. I back and enjoy it, Tucker. Not even the horses were safe from wandering slave penis. Futanari <laughs> 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 Clement. It's a Japanese fantasy porn where female looking hermaphrodite characters fuck. Jagger Cottard. Yes! Hey, listen, you wouldn't believe it, lads, but three days ago, I woke up and discovered that I was dead. Joe Hoff, the bong good. Hey, guy, I was awesome. Lindor Motherlode. I rubbed his leg, took out my press. Yours, Lindor. That letter has come from beyond the grave. Ah, you're like talking it. shite now. <laughs> Orpheus at the cottage. They don't take kindly around these parts to such joyous gayness. Introducing special guest, Toshi. Good evening, sir, how are you? I'm not too bad, Toshi. A little bit cold here in Norway. It wasn't what I expected, to be fair. Uh, Get well soon, Bruce. Thank you, love you. Letter! Got me with the days. My producer used to hand me the letter. Does not know nothing. Don't you find Tony ridiculous? Sit down, victim. And the gabbler. Haha! Of Star Wars! There's gonna be three new movies. Jesus, a little bit of wee leak for me, Witcher. <laughs> but I was on top of the Millennium Falcon, just a sniff away from Harrison Ford. It was the best job ever. <laughs> Go on, the Gabbler. Go, the Gabbler! Join us now, Apri Ski, for a cold one. It's all bumps tonight! <laughs> and you sound so pleased. Copyright A&M. Is this another cock? It's a ton this time, a ton. Oh, okay, that's right. 2015. See you next time, lads! Okay, coming up next, we have the Gabbler with the sci-fi spot. You haven't heard of him for a while. Let's see what this piece of junk can do. Ready, everybody? All set. Here we go again. It's the sci-fi spot with Gabbler! Twisted and evil. I can't do it, man. I can't kill my own father. It's the Gabbler here, just back from Dublin Comic Con, where I was partaking in some cosplay as Batman, circa the 1997 Batman and Robin movie, proudly rubbing my nipples in those right-hand bitches' faces. Gabbler! A couple of them, dressed up as Wonder Woman, Spider-Gwen, and Captain Marvel, beat the shit out of me. But aren't we lucky to be living in this golden age of superhero movies? Sure, did we not finally get a great new Star Wars movie, and the Star Trek movies are going strong. Couple this with TV, and the recent S-Files revival, plus news of new Star Trek TV series. Has there ever been so much good stuff going on at the same time? Gabbler! Star Trek Discovery will be hitting TV screens in 2017. The word is the main protagonists will be female. I'm slightly disappointed it is going to be set before the original series, but happy that the Trek is going where it should be. On TV! And will hopefully be real Trek, set apart from the current pandering to popcorn munchers. Yeah, yeah. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, hits the cinemas in time for Christmas. Apparently it will put the war into Star Wars and has been the subject to some reshoots to lighten the tone of the movie. And once again, the main character is female. Between all this and the Ghostbusters reboot, it seems like the bitches are taking over, Adrian. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of bitches, after Spidey's show-stealing arrival to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Captain America Civil War, we are buzzing for his own movie Spider-Man Homecoming, due in July next year. Michael Keaton will play the Vulture, but rumour is his main bitch, Mary Jane, will be played by a half-African-American. Doesn't sound like a hot ginger to me, huh? Or any Kirsten Dunst gone, huh? It's like the women are
are taking over the world, Adrian. This Royhan feminism is everywhere. It's like living in East Regina. Benedict Cumbersnatch, he's a busy bee, isn't he? A new series of Sherlock has been confirmed for the BBC, and he'll be turning up in cinemas soon in Marvel's next blockbuster, Doctor Strange. I went to a strange doctor once with a sore throat, and he examined my prostate. I'll just finish with the Gabbler's hot pick, and I'm recommending the Netflix TV series, Stranger Things. It's set in the 80s, has a scary monster, Star Wars references, a gorgeous electronic soundtrack, and opening credits, which look like they came straight off a VHS video of a Stephen King movie you'd rent out of the back of the vegetable van. Yeah, off the vegetable man. Okay, I'm off to a showing of the Rocky Horror Show in full costume. Until next time, keep your hands in your balls and keep looking at the stars. Bye! I'll be back. Damn you all the hell! These aren't the droids you're looking for. The sky fight spot with Dabbler! Force be with you! You tell Madness! Him. Scully! Bitches! Up the arse pipe! It's a letter Asian! Yeah! We're pumping them out, as you said earlier. There's so many, my back's bulging. <laughs> It's, it looks very serious. Dear Mr. Byrne, it is with great urgency and confidentiality that I contact you, hence this couriered letter. I am Dr. Bruce Budler, Professor Emeritus of Forensic Biology at Trinity College. Mm. This morning, I was informed of an unexpected development in a long-term classified project that I have led since 1979. What does he know of tell? It is imperative that we meet. <gasps> I will be direct. What I tell you now is classified. Therefore, I have allocated you enhanced reliability clearance on a need-to-know basis within the project. Knockin' Aragon in the Wicklow Mountains, 2001. An investigation was launched into the disappearance of eight young women. It's known as the Vanishing Triangle. You may have heard of it, or indeed of Larry Murphy. He was convicted that year of attempted murder of another young woman in that area. The rest have never been found. It was suspected that Murphy was responsible for all eight of them. This cannot be proven, principally because it is not true. I am responsible for these women. We started taking them in 1983. What's going on? It began with the long-hidden 1978 Geological Survey of Keaton Peak in the Wicklow Mountains. The army and a team of Trinity researchers were sent in after an unnatural feature was identified. The area cordoned off. We dug down half a metre through the subsoil. We discovered a phenomenon that to this day still makes me shiver. It was a pit made of flesh. <gasps> Five feet across and descending 20 feet before curving into darkness. It was just flesh. Wrinkled, lobed, flabby flesh. It grew straight out of the granite rock. It had hair and pores. Some of it was pale, some of it was black. In the centre there was an opening. It was like the inside of a throat. When it started to breathe, we ran like hell. The flesh rippled and hot air burst out. It felt and smelled like a bloated sheep carcass. Ah, sickness! We constructed a crane boom with a cage and lowered down. First we found nitrogen containing polysaccharides, like exoskeletons of crabs and arachnids. They were biologically unique to our world. We knew geology here contained remnants of the Lapitas Ocean from the Cambrian period. <laughs> Lucky, you're, you're intelligent. You can read that. I'm into that kind of stuff. Like I'd be watching this. You'll like. be knowing all about the Lapitas Ocean and all, yeah? Yeah. But these organisms were discovered to be the result of an evolutionary processes taking place in an environment other than Earth. <laughs> it's extraterrestrial. <laughs> Could be, sounds it. If it's not on Earth. Another two metres down with full hazmat for the putrid air. It's no exaggeration that our visors filled up with vomit. We had just made mankind's most startling discovery. The pulsating, gelatinous walls revealed crawling limbs and terrified faces, with fusions of teeth and cheeks and hair, and fingers coming out of knees. There were faces and heads and legs, all segmented yet melded together. People! Alive! Had they ever been people? How did they get here? Had they ever been made part of this thing? This is serious! Read more! We screamed, banged the cage and ascended. Once outside, retching, crying, puking, two of our group discovered what we now call the Incident Zone. They ran from the opening, and as soon as they crossed the southern axis, there was a subsonic boom, and they were spontaneously segmented. 
parts of them simply disappeared, yet they continued to behave as if the missing parts were still present. What? Perfect cross-sectional segmentation along their frontal plane. You could see their lungs working, blood pumping on the inside of the heart, everything. They lived confined to our base camp up on Keaton Peak for almost five months in this condition. One showed signs of intellectual mutation. <gasps> Mutants! Segment! Cut the bits! We called it the flesh interface. I can't define a flesh interface or its incident zone in terms of purpose or composition or mechanism. I can only describe what I witnessed in our research. Our leading theory is interdimensionality. <laughs> That this flesh interface is a pipe that is a portal. Once classified, we obtained our volunteers through covert means, sometimes calling upon the active paramilitaries in the area. Jeez. These eight acquired women advanced science to incredible levels. The victims were segmented in the incident zone. <laughs> their missing limbs and five-month lifespan led us to believe that their missing body parts still existed, albeit in some other as yet unknown place. In 1997, we embedded a 17-year-old girl, Clara from Dundalk, in the flesh interface after segmentation in the incident zone. We threw her segmented form attached with wires into the gaping chasm. <laughs> the interface glands produce critical LSD levels, causing intellectual mutation. I think you've been intellectually mutated a long time ago. Years passed. Research continued. We grew a forest around us and new ways to avoid detection. Then, two days ago, we descended into the cage, into the flesh, and found an organic sack resembling a four-foot human lung. <gasps> we took it out and cut it open. It was Clara. No. She was naked, hairless, and covered with blood. Oh. A placenta connected to her belly button. <laughs> but most importantly, her missing segmented parts had fully returned. She was one. Our surgeons found extraction difficult, but that's when we found her blood had those high concentrations of the LSD <laughs> analogue. That's it. No wrinkles on her neck, no wrinkles on her palms. She had the form of a 17-year-old teenager but seemed far, far newer. We did MRIs on her bone plates. She was a newborn. Was Clara a clone? What sort of apparatus could have produced this clone? And where? Yesterday in the lab was when she first woke up. Her behaviour was initially infant-like. Smiling, gurgling and clasping her hands. That's like you after a hard night. Then little phrases began. Over an hour she flew through stages of development. Her sentence structure and awareness becoming more sophisticated. As soon as she could understand sentences, we started questioning her. Who was she? She said her name was Clara. She knew her past. This wasn't a blank clone. This may not have been the original girl, but she seemed to have the same mind as the original. We asked her the question that we wanted to know. The question that led us, in the face of all humanity and morality, to throw an abducted girl into a living apparatus of death. What did you see? What is on the other side? She thought about the question. The sense of anticipation in the room. It was like nothing I'd ever felt before. She had entered a potentially alien biological flesh interface, disappeared from existence for several years, returning in an amniotic sack attached to a placenta with enough LSD to kill County Wicklow. We expected severe mental changes. But no, she was normal. She said she was born in Dundalk, where we had acquired her from outside her home that night. The daughter of respectable parents. She remembered the black leather jacket she wore. She remembered her home. They were happy memories. Then she told us she had snuck out that fateful night in 1997 to meet her boyfriend. Her eyes narrowed. We stood motionless. That's when she spoke. Inside the chamber, I started to feel drowsy. Then everything changed. And I knew what I saw. I'd never seen it before, but it was a room, like an old farmhouse bedroom, like my grandmother's. It was a quiet room. It had equipment and many colourful pictures on the wall. In these pictures, I see a new world, a world of fantastical imagination, of lives lived in joy. And I see, I see each picture has the same headlining. It's, it reads A and M. We asked her what she meant by this. She replied with these words, her final words before she simply stopped living and sat there dead with her eyes still on us. She said, Listen to the Friday Rock Show. Adrian, you need to meet with me. It is imperative. Contact me at this number, Dr. Bruce Bundler. 0088. Don't be reading Oh, no. shit, yeah, goes on the radio. That's mad, isn't it? 
wonder where she she appeared in A&M Studios oh, I didn't see her anyway <laughs> did they examine her for semen traces <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> so producer are you intellectually mutating there <laughs> yes yeah. so just like Dr. Professor Bundle there whatever his name was <laughs> he's a man on a mission let me queue up for right there Bill later from Flesh Hands <laughs> give it away Man on a mission, masturbating like a jerk with their beady Japs eye. Japanese five-piece led by Tokyo Tanaka and Kamikaze Boy pulling back their spiky tufts on the fourth Godzilla-like album, The World's on Fire. You ran screaming and defecating from Give It Away. Yay! Hey, there we are, Oh, we're bursting along today, bursting. Going relentlessly towards the finishing line, the end of tonight's Friday Rock Show, but we still have time enough for a couple more letters, uh, starting <laughs> with this one. You seem to have produced that from a different area. Where'd that come from? My back pocket. Who gave it to you? One of our fans Shoved it in your pocket? Yeah, signed an autograph Gave me a letter Please read this Dear Friday Rock Show I don't know what's going on these days with the children I go visit the nieces and nephews and there's no conversation They're all sitting there looking into their mobile phones with habits like zombies Dog dead You might as well be in in the room on your own Do they even talk to each other anymore? Or do they send each other snapchats from three metres apart? I just don't know Adrian You maybe don't think you're worth talking to It's very antisocial You go into the canteen at work And all your colleagues are sitting there swiping on social media Waiting for the next inane celebrity tidbit Or pointless update on their sports team 
What about getting to know the people around you, caring about what's going on in their life? And try and take any of the gadgets off them. It's like taking something off a heroin user. They kick and scream and cry like they can't live without the addiction. You call me old fashioned Adrian, but I'm glad I grew up when I did. I was glad my childhood involved going outdoors. Things were better then. I take out the big old rally chopper oh, yeah. and head off to the woods with my mates. Yeah. There was a time our friend Seamus flashed his balls at us in the woods. It was quite alarming as they were huge and hairy and none of us had gone through puberty at this stage. We asked him how he got them so big. He told us, you have to keep pulling it. We would be out well, for- he showed it to them in the woods. <laughs> yeah. We would be out for hours on end and sure the parents weren't worried if they didn't see until 10 o'clock that night because there was no weirdos around back then. <laughs> parents weren't even home there in the mm. pub, Scottard. Yeah, sure the weirdos only started with the internet. It's like YouTube. I know, sure Adrian was broadcasting long before the internet was born. It's like YouTube, sure all the kids Go are- jump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, here lads, go on the old YouTube. Sure, all the kids are on it, and none of the parents know what they're looking at. It could be sex and all sorts. At least in my day, it was all innocent, and we got to use our own imagination. We could play TJ Hooker and chase each other around with plastic guns, spreading each other on the local cars, just like they did on the TV. Sometimes I'd rip off my shirt and pull my trouser legs above my ankles and chase the girls around in slow motion, just like my hero Lou Ferengo in The Incredible Hulk. I'd bring my Star Wars figures to the neighbouring girls' dollhouse, and we would play out our fantastic adventures. Sure there was some dry plastic humping with Han and Leia in the bedroom, but sure that's just what went on in normal houses. <laughs> we weren't worried about posting pictures of ourselves making duck faces and worrying about how many likes we got. Sometimes when the neighbourhood kids and I would head off together, the worst that would happen was that we would flash our mickeys at the girls and dare them to show us their bits back. I used to do that. Sometimes you still do. Although, Chantine, you know, when all the girls are looking at their phones and their Snapchats, I'll give them something to suck and put up there. Is that right, Tony? I've heard the stories. Although there was one time when my best friend Joe produced a ripped out page tree girl from his pocket and we enjoyed our first pair of tits. Hey! But you know what? It was only harmless fun. Now they could be learning how to do hardcore stuff in some how-to videos. That's it. They can't leave it alone. Sure, did you hear what your woman was saying earlier about Satchel the boyfriend? Him there wanting the nudes? Seems to be a theme here, isn't it? Yeah. They need to be constantly distracted. Bookended by bastards. I'm sure even when the old went on the piss for the day and brought us along to the pub, we had to entertain ourselves. And we'd do things like sitting in the car and playing I Spy to pass the time. Yeah, sucking on the blue lint the gents. We weren't even worried about the paedophiles coming along and taking us away back then. Because those were better times, Adrian. And there was no paedophiles there, never. No. Now I see this Pokemon go and they're all wandering around streets aimlessly trying to catch invisible vermin. But you know what? At least it's encouraging him to go outside and be active. Get the Pokemon go. I did hear a story of a man riding his wife and getting up halfway through saying he was going to the toilet. He didn't return for 20 minutes, and the suspicious wife went looking for him. Eventually she looked out the window and saw him halfway up the neighbourhood, at the top of the street, looking into his phone, hunting Pokemon! Shut it! Ah, that's just Shut sadness. It. And on that note, I'll leave you, and hope to hear you read out my letter on the old-fashioned wireless. Kind regards, Nula O'Flaylon. I tell you, I, I am concerned, Nula. Do you know what they need? A good prong up their hole. <laughs>
wrong. Victor, Tommy, no love. <gasps> Talk to me in silence without words. Sometimes I wish Tony did that. <laughs> Tommy, meanwhile, he's been plowing the heartache with his blunt prong for a good 27 years now. Will you ever get it in, Tommy? Like a more monosyllabic therapy from their 12th album, No Absolutes, you badly bait your air guitar around the room to without words. Brilliant! Tommy, love you. We really are getting to that time of the night now, so this will be the final letter of the night. <gasps> Bow down! No weeping, no weeping. We will return again next week. But until then, let's continue with the final letter. Peh! Hello again, lads. Just thought I'd drop you a line about my current bad obsession. Before I let you in on it, let me give you a little backstory to it. I reckon it all started when I was about 11, and Daddy brought me with him to show me where he worked, which was the wool store. The wool store was basically a big shed where a freshly shorn sheep was forced into a machine which would compact it into square bales for transport. Peh! It was very exciting to see where daddy worked and I tried to get as close a view as possible to what him and the lads were doing. Unfortunately, I got too close and I fell head first into one of the wool machines. I did love it, sir. I felt like I was drowning in wool. It was going into my mouth and up my nose and started wrapping around my body as I tried to escape. Lucky for me, I wasn't in there too long before the workers pulled me out. Now this has led me to having a weird fascination with wool ever since. I've always been partial to the odd woolly jumper and wearing nice thick woolen socks. I see. The top drawer in my bedroom was always stuffed full of my sweater collection. Some of them sure I never even wore. But the feeling of slowly dragging a cashmere sweater across your cock with just the right amount of itch was the best in the world. The sight of anyone male or female with a nice thick turtleneck on would get my jizz rising. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I remember Caroline and how I'd love to lick her thick woolen tights. <laughs> and they were under the denims. I think it reminds me of daddy and the Woolsaw workers. Big, thick, strong and comforting. <laughs> so all this brings me to my latest hobby anyway. When I was researching the, these odd obsessions with wool, other people like me, I accidentally stumbled across a website called Woolfreaks. And end up joining a social network called Woolspace. Woolspace? <laughs> and now I'm a fully fledged woolly. He's a woolly. We woolies are wool fetishists. We love to dress in head-to-toe wool. I'm talking about full-on wool body stockings here. Through wool space, I got to know the other woolies in the area. And through the leader of the local group, the Wool Master, they arranged secret meetings of me and my fellow wool worshippers. He's like the bunny rabbit in Dolly Darko. <laughs> the thing about being a woolie though, is that it's very liberating. Because if you're dressed head-to-toe in wool, no one knows who the fuck you are. Huh? I went for a little crotchless ensemble myself. It gave me the freedom to slap around a cockabee in front of the other woolies. So there I was one day, suddenly sitting down in a room full of fuzzy, huggable, like-minded woolies, when the wool master approached me. He wanted to know if I wanted to be the sweater or the sweaterer. <gasps> the wool master wore a red woolen body stocking, hand mittens and a red balaclava topped off with a bobble. <laughs> I'm taking this half now! <laughs> there was no eye or nose holes in the balaclava and his voice was muffled. He offered me a red balaclava too. Taking my hand he led me upstairs to a room with a bed full of woolen sheets. He may lay me down on the bed. He just went upstairs with him. After all this lad's been through, after all we've heard from him over the years, he, he just, just took his hat, took his red bubble cap and went upstairs. He goes into alleyways and gets the arse behind off him. Now he's going up with wool freaks. It's pretty naive, this lad. lads. Anyway, he took my hand and led me upstairs to a room with a bed full of woolen sheets. He laid me down in the bed and he started to rub himself off me. He was breathing hard as there was a thick layer of wool around his mouth. He tied my hands to the bedpost with a woolen scarf. I got hard with the excitement. We started kissing through the woolen balaclavas and the sweat was starting to sting my body. We started to feel embarrassed. These about lads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I started to get embarrassed. But the woolen master reminded me the balaclava was hiding my identity. I relaxed and it wasn't long before I reached a woolen-cased climax. The woolen master... Yeah, I would recognise you by your cock though. <laughs> 
If I was standing in a line of people with the cocks hanging out, you could recognise me. Well, that's called a toilet. <laughs> All right. You're one of these... You don't be looking sideways. No, you're one of these urinal spires. I stand there with the hands on the hips looking <laughs> each way. Yeah. As if we went across the road. <laughs> so the master wants to meet me again. But this time, just the two of us. Excitedly, I accepted. And less than a week later, we got ready to meet him at his house. I wore some nice purple Angora underwear to caress me down oh, below and knitted willy warmer oh. just for good measure. Oh. I pulled on the red bobble topped balaclava he'd given me too and knocked on his door. He pulled me close to him and the static electricity from the friction of our wool coursed through my body. He ordered me to put on a woollen blindfold and wait for a moment as he had something for me to put on. Obviously, it would be woollen. It was heavy and restricting and I felt him pushing against me. It was so warm it started to become unbearable. Something damp started to seep inside my woollen body stocking and drip down me, mixing with my sweat. Then I got the smell. It was the most putrid smell. It felt toxic to my senses. What's going on? I started to feel wake. I shouted, stop it, stop it. He shoved me over onto the bed and he was on top of me. I felt like I was drowning again, like when I fell into the machine in the wool shed. I started staring at the round rimmed glasses on the bedside locker. But my eyes started to close and I felt my consciousness slipping away into the inky blackness. In the back of my mind, I was hoping Daddy and the woolworkers would rescue me. I hope this wasn't Daddy actually doing this one. But Daddy and the woolworkers were not there this time. Thank fuck. I drew on every last ounce of strength and pushed myself to my feet. I ripped off the balaclava gasping for air. Then I see it. What? He'd caught up with a sheep's carcass and draped it over me. Ah, oh, sickness. There was wool, but being inside a dead sheep was too much for me. Uh. I pulled it off and threw it to the ground, its entrails flailing all over the place. Its big black eyes were staring at me from the floor. Uh. Flies were starting to circle it. Uh. Ah lads though, the head, the tongue, the eyes, it was just too much. Busher? Exclaimed the woolmaster, who appeared to recognise me. No busher, settle down, don't run. Bleh! I shouted and ran for the door, passing the pictures of the 2014 Kerry GAA football team, decorating the walls. I ran and didn't stop like a home, hot tears burning my eyes, wool chafing the insides of my legs. Well, I've had to pull... <laughs> you're there, you're with this. Well, I'm glued. Peh. Well, I've had to put the wool thing to one side for now, lads. It's still there, but this experience was off-putting. I say that was though. And I'm haunted now by the identity of the wool master. Because if he knew me, surely I knew him. Perhaps I'll never know. Yours, Woolly Busher. Oh, well, that's a mystery. But again, you know, it's, it's always the thing with Busher. He gets himself in those tight situations. And he seems to want it. And he seems to like glory in it by writing to us. I think for us to talk about it. And everyone to listen level, to it. He wants to get into these situations. He wants to be violated. It happens. It happens. Okay. Thank you very much for writing in, Busher. We hope you... Actually, if you do find out who it is, get back in touch with us so we can find out who it was. I just can't work it out. Anyway, on with the music. And it's time for our final slab of rock tonight. It is Wolf Mother with Victorious. And Butcher wasn't. The Woolmaster. Woolmaster and Wolf Mother. They should get together and have Have woolly wolf babies. Butcher! Pay!
Yes, it's Antipodean, New South Walesian Wolfmother to round off the show tonight. Like a much better version of the answer and more successful too. That'll probably be the talent. Mm. From the fourth album, Victorious, you wolf down the raw steak riffery of epididymously titled Victorious. Yay! Yeah, a lot of fourth albums tonight. We do the fourth very well. May fourth. the fourth be with you, Gabler. <laughs> Woo! Well, sadly, that's it for another frenetic Friday Rock Show. Time sure flies when you're having fun, and we've had some fun tonight. As ever, before we go, I'd like to thank all the contributors to tonight's show. Uh, Orpheus Telch, yes. Busher, yes. Bruce Bundler, oh, yeah. Michaela, oh. John Paul Slaney, yeah, Foggy, Felton the Juice Man, oh. Macaroon, Nulao Flaylon. Oh. Just remember to send us your suggestions for Fuckback Friday for the next show. Until next time, have a great week. See you soon, headbangers. Don't forget to come back now. Friday Rock Show is a Tony Wilson production. Fuck him. Awesome stuff, guys. It was a fantastic performance. So proud of all of you. Now, let's not rest in our laurels. I want our A game next week too, okay? Let's keep this going. We go again, okay? Huh?